Amen. Thanks, Mary. Good to see you all. Lisa. Hi. Anyone here for the first time tonight? Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, guys. <laughs> um, so, um, we are, we're doing a part two of a sermon on tongues. Honestly, it might become part three. Um, that's been our way recently. Um, that, that um, you know, we're speaking about spiritual gifts, and I just sense the Lord saying, as he has been saying for, for the last two years or so, uh, don't go quickly. You know, the, the, each, each individual gift isn't just something that we have to sort of rattle off, you know, a couple of pages of notes and hopefully we get it. You know, like it's an intellectual thing, but we actually need to dwell on these things because they're important and they're precious to God. So we might get through it tonight. We might not. We'll just see. Um, we'll see what he does. Um, so last week I, um, I, sh- I shared just a little bit, I, s- I spoke, I spoke more, more in general about the gifts of the Spirit, um, and then I told a story about um, a woman called Jackie Pullinger, um, and I just want to say that we do have this book called Chasing the Dragon, which is the term that was used in Hong Kong for um, people basically on, on opium and heroin. Um, it is an incredible testimony of a life lived sacrificially for God and a life lived in power. Um, one of, well, I think I respect him more than any Christian on the planet, so I would highly recommend that book. Um, we also, you know, as we go through these, the series, um, we've got some newer books, some older books. Um, there's a book called Experiencing the Spirit, which actually really impacted the guy who started this church um, 10 years ago. Um, and then Sam Storms' book, Understanding Spiritual Gifts, really good. And I think Dr. Hess getting his new book on tongues tomorrow. So we'll have that next week as well. Um, so we have a book table at the back, and, and um, I love the fact that, that Bill does this for us, because you're not going to get anything there that is theologically, theologically unsound. Okay. He, um, he vets things for us. Um, and if you don't know uh, Bill, he teaches Bible at Taylor, which is, yeah, I guess it says something about his credentials. Um, so Oh, gosh, that worship was great, guys. Thank you. Um, all right, so as I said, I, I don't want us to rush. There's um, just a, a matter of interest. How many of you have heard a, a sermon series on the gifts of the Spirit? I'm curious. Okay. And some of that would have been here. I think we did a series two years ago, roughly. Okay, we try to do it every two years or so. Um, so hopefully everyone gets to hear it at least once at Kingdom Life. Um, at, at Kingdom Life, we, we are faithful to the Word, I believe. This, this book is really precious to us. Um, And so if you hear anything from this pulpit at any time that you think disagrees with what the Bible says, um, discard it, or at least come and speak to the person. It is often the case that when we speak on things like um, spiritual gifts, and especially on tongues, we come kind of preloaded with theological answers, positions, um, and there's probably not another gift that divides the church like tongues does. 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm South African. I, my dad's a priest. My, dad's, um, my dad has a gift of prophecy. My dad speaks in tongues. My dad has the gift of intercession. Sorry, um, interpretation. Um, so this was part of my life. It was only when I came to America that I started to realize that people were suspicious of the, of the gift of tongues. And it was a really weird thing for me. Um, and I, I've learned over time that most, on most occasions, people that um, have a negative influence, or um, you know, um, negative response to it, is normally because they've been taught something in church or they've had a bad experience. Okay. Um, now, the bad experience is something that that we, when we've had those, we need to give those to God. The bad theology is hopefully something that um, I can speak to tonight. Um, but if you don't believe me, everything that's spoken in this series. Um, dive into the Word of God. Dive into it. See what it says. And every time you read it, ask the Spirit, open my eyes. Open my heart to see your truth. Okay, and let Him expose uh, truth to you. And maybe in the process, you'll expose some lies as well. All right, so, one other little preamble. Sorry, sometimes it's really hard to talk and the worship's been amazing. Um, I'm still trying to kind of settle my heart. Um, John, when John the Baptist talks about Jesus, he says of Jesus that this is the man who will baptize with the Spirit and he'll, he'll baptize with fire. When, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit flow from the baptism of the Spirit. They, they flow from the presence of the Holy Spirit in us and the Holy Spirit flows from us by virtue of Jesus. And so every single thing that you hear from this pulpit when we're talking about spiritual gifts should always be, always be coming from a perspective of intimacy with Jesus, okay? of wanting to know him, of wanting to represent him. If gifts are ever about you or the flesh, you've lost the point. Okay. And more often than not, if you've heard someone use tongues weirdly or some other gift weirdly, they're using it out the flesh, and it's not the Spirit. It's not the way of Christ. We always want to see Jesus glorified. And we want to see His kingdom advanced as well. All right, and, and the gifts are part of that. Um, turn to Corinthians 14, please. Obviously, this is the scripture we have to use. 1 Corinthians 14. Um, I'm going to just say one or two things first. Without reading um, previous chapters. Um, but I'm sure we've all read Corinthians. Um, and before we get to Paul's descriptions of the gifts in chapter 14, it's, I just want to highlight the fact that he does two things before that in 12 and 13. And the, and the first thing he does in, in, in chapter 12 is that he talks about unity. Right, so the, the, the gifts are designed to bring unity to the church. And they're an expression of the variations of the body. And so none of us are going to be like the supercharged Christian who can do everything. Okay, that's just not biblical. Like you're not going to get all the gifts. And that was God's... Um, I mean, I want them all, but apparently that's not biblical. Um, and, and the purpose of that was that we would actually be reliant on each other. Yeah. And together we would form the body of Christ because we, some of us would have the gift of tongues, some the gift of prophecy, some words of knowledge, some faith, some miracles, some healing. And sometimes, you know, we, we will have more. Okay? Um, 
So he talks about that, that unity. And again, the, the, the unfortunate thing with tongues is that it's so often it's the gift that divides. Okay? And the point of the gifts of the Spirit is to bring us together as the body of Christ. So bear that in mind. That's, that's Paul's command around unity. Second of all, in, in 13, most importantly, he talks about love. That when we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, it has to be done in love. And what's really curious about chapter 13 um, is that he actually indicates that we can do miracles. So, you know, he talks about even if you can move mountains into the sea, but you don't have love, it's nothing. So there may be some people who even operate in the gifts of the Spirit who actually see God do stuff, but Paul would say if it's not done in love, it's, it's worthless. It brings no value. Everything we have to do has to be done in love. And so if you experience the, the, the gifts of the Spirit and they are not done in love, dismiss them. Now, if you hear a prophetic word, and this is why Kingdom Life, we will never give sort of angry prophetic words, which happens in some churches. You know, call out Caleb's sin in front of everyone, you know? You'll probably take it quite well, actually, Caleb, because of your heart. But, you know, we don't, if, if it's not done in love, we dismiss it. Okay? That's, that's, that is a basic principle. Love. The love has to flow. And in expressing love, we're obviously expressing the heart of Christ to each other. So, will you just pray with me quickly? I just want to do a little prayer here before we go any further. Lord Jesus, you, you know the, the hearts of all of us here. And I, I thank you that each one of your sons and daughters in this place, Lord, you love them. And you have a purpose for them tonight. And Lord, I pray that wherever we are, Lord, will you work in our hearts. Lord, if we are hurt, if we've had bad experiences, will you heal us and create an openness in our hearts? Lord, if we have used your gifts incorrectly, will you forgive us? And we, just, we, just, we lay that at your feet and we receive your forgiveness, which is unconditional. Lord, would you open our hearts and our minds and our spirit to the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Um, I know you're all at 1 Corinthians 14, okay? I'm just going to, there's one thing I want to say before we read it. Um, I, wanna, I just want to clear up some misperceptions. Now, each of these could be a sermon in themselves, okay? Um, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm toying with the idea of having um, a time for questions next week. So <laughs> if anything comes up, okay, remember it. So the first misperception is that um, tongues is not biblical, okay? And, and that's just, it's just absurd, okay? There's no polite way to say it. It's just nonsense. Um, Jesus talks about tongues in Mark 16, verse 17. Um, Paul cites Isaiah 28, 11 as indicating the gift of tongues. 
Paul obviously lists it in Corinthians 14. We know the disciples speak in tongues in Pentecost, and there's at least uh, three clear cases, probably four cases, uh, in the New Testament where people speak in tongues. Acts 2, 10, and 19 being the most famous. Um, and obviously Paul, Paul also writes that he prays and sings in tongues. Okay, so there's no biblical basis to say that it, it's not biblical or that it ended with the apostles because we know people other than the apostles spoke in tongues. Okay. Um, so I hope that one is easy to, to leave aside. Um, a second misperception, sometimes people think that this is, um, it's a gift that's reserved for like the super mature. Okay, people have been Christians for 40 or 50 years whose lives have now reached a state of holiness such that they may be filled with the Spirit. Okay, it's also complete nonsense. Um, the, well, just look at Acts 10. All right, when you have people who hear about Jesus for the first time are filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues. Another misperception um, is if you don't have the gift of tongues, you aren't filled with the Spirit. This is probably one of the most damaging lies that some Christians believe. And there's, there's some denominations that, that even advance this. Um, and it's just, you just can't back that up biblically, okay? Um, Depending which theologian you look at, I know, I know John Piper says that there are nine cases in, in, in the New Testament where, where people are filled with the Spirit and there's no indication that they speak in tongues. Okay? That doesn't mean they didn't, but it doesn't say that they did. Okay? But more, more um, emphatically, um, when Paul is speaking to the Corinthians, he says, do all speak in tongues? It's a rhetorical question. You know, the obvious answer is no. Not everyone speaks in tongues. Okay. So if you've ever heard that spoken, um, it's a lie. Okay. Um, if it affected your heart, then please um, give that to Jesus and be done with it. Because it's a lie that, that um, diminishes us and makes us feel inferior and can bring shame. And all of those things, all that that does is stop us from encountering Jesus. Okay. And maybe getting that gift. It's, um, it's really destructive. Um, the, the last misperception I, I want to talk about is that it's, um, we can, we read scripture and, and the scripture is amazing. Okay. Like, um, Acts 2. Okay. Who doesn't want to be in a room where suddenly little flames appear above people's heads? Okay. That would be so awesome. Okay. Um, and, and you know, sometimes we can think of, um, like, we, well, we can only get the, the gift of tongues if we get, like, absolutely smashed by the Spirit, you know, lying on the ground, shaking, you know, what, you know these stories that we might hear. Um, and it's absolutely true that that can happen, okay? Um, absolutely true. But it's certainly not the norm, okay? It's not the norm. Um, and so I wanted to kind of demystify that a little bit, and I'll share my story um, later on. Um, so my, my wife, um, she got the gift of tongues when she was uh, 17. Uh, she got it when she was praying for me. I was in a really uh, bad place, and, and she just didn't know what to pray. She's like, I don't know what to pray, I don't know what to pray, and then suddenly this prayer came out of her, and she had the gift. She didn't ask for it, it just, it just flowed. Amanda, how, how did you get the gift of tongues? I was in the barn on the farm at your house praying and um, surrendering my mind to the Lord and then I just started praying in a word that I, words that I didn't understand. 
Cool. Oh, so, so, <laughs> 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 so you're in worship, you're praying, and then really important, like surrender. Yeah. Um, which has been a big thing for you, being a kind of scientist. Okay, surrendering the mind. Surrender your mind, heart, soul. I realize I had done all those except my mind. Yeah. Cool. Grace? Um, well, after Dad gave a talk on tongues once, I decided that I wanted to try. So I went up to the front and Andrea prayed for me, and then I just started testing it out, and it happened. It happened. Cool. <laughs> Is Andrea here tonight? <laughs> ah, see you're right there so I think Andrew will be praying for people tonight too if anyone wants to get some prayer um, there will be lots of people praying um, but Andrew will perfectly pray for that explicitly um, my son Joseph if you ask him when did you get the gift of tongues you'll say I have no idea I've just always had it um, I think he got it when he was about 18 months old because he, he was speaking something I couldn't understand he could barely speak English obviously um, but he's always had it so he just doesn't know um he obviously experienced the Holy Spirit even as a child. And that gift was there. Dawn, what about you? The lady in the booth. <laughs> Mine was kind of like a two-parter. When I was 13, I had a really scary dream. And I went like the power from the Spirit. So I prayed with my mom. And I wasn't like really sure. I couldn't tell you if I fully understood that it was actually I was receiving anything or not. And fast forward like five years later, I was going through a hard time. I had gone through a breakup. Thanks, Dawn. It happens in a multiplicity of ways, okay? However the Lord decides. Um, and he often does have a sense of humor, which I'll share my story later, okay? Um, it's a little bit embarrassing, but... All right, let's read Corinthians um, 14. I'm not going to read all of it. There's, there's some really important things we uh, later on, but I, I just don't have time to unpack those. So I'm going to read the first 19 verses. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more than that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? 
For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue where it's easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of your uninformed say, Amen, at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding, that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Please do um, carry on reading that um, during the week and meditate on it. Um, and he talks more about, the, more about the prophetic and more about speaking in tongues and, and, and their purposes for the unbelievers and for believers. Um, but I wanted to just touch on a few things from that scripture um, and, then, and then look at some others as well. So the first thing, and you know, just to state the obvious, um, tongues does have um, a corporate edification. Yeah, it has that potential. Um, normally that's something that we think of in terms of the prophetic, that we would have a prophetic word, and it may be for the body, it may be for individuals. Um, and Paul says, yeah, you can pray in tongues, but if you're going to pray in tongues, um, if there's an interpretation, then it effectively does the same thing as prophecy. Okay, it's getting a word from the Lord. It's getting a word by the Holy Spirit for the body. And so... Um, Hopefully, you know, if, if you're in a church and someone speaks in tongues, there is someone who has that gift, um, that gift of interpretations. Um, and, you know, Paul indicates that when it comes to interpretations, there may be people who actually have that as a gift, okay, that you can interpret anyone's tongues, or that it's just something you get in the moment. Okay, and that often happens. So my dad had the gift of interpretation. I will sometimes get that when I need it. Okay, and I'll talk a bit more about that when I look at other ways that tongues can be used. Um, so it must, if tongues is used in the body publicly, it must have an interpretation and it must be done in an orderly fashion. Okay, and if you've been church, in church a long time, that last sentence is the one that's probably received the most attention. It must be done in an orderly fashion. Luke, orderly fashion. Okay, uh, and, and that is biblical and that is good. Um, you know, Kingdom Life, we are a charismatic church. We, we exist because the Holy Spirit started to move amongst people. We exist in order to know God more fully and see His gifts move. But even here, we are wary of speaking in tongues publicly because it's so easily offense. And so James, um, when he established this church, he made a point of saying, you know, we will pray in tongues in prayer meetings, we'll pray in tongues uh, at pre-service prayer times, but in the body, we're not going to pray. Because even if we do it biblically, there are so many people who are offended, and so easily offended, that it's, it's dangerous. 
Um, and I think James was right when he did that. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate. That so often when we come to this discussion of this amazing gift, we come just focusing on, is it done right? And you know, as I, as I said last week, and just you know, talked a bit about, um, so those who weren't here last week, um, you know, tongues was God's idea. And it's not just God's idea, it is, it is the only new, sorry, unique new covenant gift. The only one. Every other gift that we see in the New Testament, we see in the Old Testament. Tongues is unique. It's the gift that God decides to use to show his new covenant. Does that surprise us? Does that make us say, uh, why? God, did you do that? Because it's so weird. But there's something so powerful about it. This is the thing that he chose. I still find that kind of weird. But it's the one that he chose for us. And I think too often, so often, in the church, we, uh, I'm going to say this in the kind of nicest way that I can, but we end up like the Pharisees, arguing with Jesus over someone that he's healed on the Sabbath. Like we're so obsessed with whether something is done right in the way that we think it should be done, the way that we've interpreted Scripture, that we completely lose sight of the thing that's right in front of us that brings glory to God. And too many Christians are acting like Pharisees when it comes to the gifts. And so we need to be careful and we need to steward them well and we need to honor God as we operate in the gifts. But let's not lose sight of the beauty of the gifts and the beauty of the gift of tongues. It really is, um, <laughs> it's amazing. So the second thing that Paul talks about is, um, so he talks about corporate edification where there's interpretation and then he talks about personal, personal edification. And I talked a bit about this last week and the story of Jackie Pullinger and how her ministry was transformed by the practice of speaking in tongues. Um, and again, stating the clear, clearly obvious, if Paul says, when you speak in tongues, you speak to God, like, that's enough for me. Do we need anything more than that? Like, I, I speak to God. It's just so cool. <laughs> so amazing. And it is weird, yes, because I'm not speaking with my mind. I'm speaking with my spirit. And so it's, it's weird. But again, Paul doesn't give us too much of the, you know, how this happens. There's, there's a little, little maybe hint of this in Jude one uh, twenty, where Jude says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until eternal life. But really, Scripture doesn't tell us how this happens, okay, or what exactly happens. So you know, we just have to presume that if we have the Spirit of God in us, and we are praying with Him, and we are joining with our spirits, with His spirits, and we are speaking to God, that this is a good thing, and it builds us up. But what I've, what I've found in my life and, what, and the testimonies I've seen in others that have used this gift well is that um, there's, a, there's an increased sensitivity to the things of the Spirit. 
that we become more sensitive to his voice in general. We become more sensitive to what he might, sometimes we hear his voice, sometimes we might feel something, we might discern something spiritually, but but our sensitivity to the ways of the Spirit are increased. Because we are saying, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm going to walk in it with you. I'm I'm going to walk in the Spirit, in the ways of the Spirit. And that has, for whatever reason, a way of increasing us in our sensitivity to him and in the ways of the Spirit. And so if we, if we look at um, what Paul says, this, this use of, of tongues as a, as a private prayer language is the thing that gets the most attention. And it's the way that we should use tongues the most. Okay. And again, it's biblical, it's spiritual, so you don't have to feel embarrassed that you're embarking on Christian self-help, you know, by praying in tongues or you're somehow, you know, pursuing something selfish because this was what God decided would mark us. And so we can pursue it with confidence. With great confidence. But tongues does have some other aspects to it. Again, some of these I can point us to Scripture. Some of these um, we infer from Scripture. Okay, so the first one, the obvious one, is it does have even uh, evangelistic potential. Right, and this has got some Christians in trouble before. I know back in the day, some missionaries would go overseas trusting that God would give them the gift of tongues they needed to speak to the, the locals. You know, and then it didn't happen, and they, they didn't know how to, you know, they couldn't communicate. Um, we can't manipulate God into getting what we want. But clearly in Acts 2, that's its primary purpose, isn't it? It evangelizes. The disciples are speaking in languages. And I think most of us have, when we've heard people speak in tongues, we've heard the angelic form, which is you know, more, more odd um, than the human form. But just you know, one story that I'll, that I'll tell you very, very briefly is I have, a, I have a friend in South Africa. He's, he's a farmer, and um, he was driving in his, in his truck, or bucky, as we would say back home, um, and he picked up a hitchhiker. And... Um, the guy was clearly foreign. He wasn't from, from that part of South Africa. And he was driving along, and he just like, couldn't communicate. Um, and he just felt the Holy Spirit saying, pray in tongues. You know, and if, you, if you're a typical um, white South African farmer, that's not your go-to, okay? You don't start speaking in tongues randomly in front of a stranger. Um, but he, was, he is a man of faith, and he was obedient, and he started praying out in tongues, and, and he turned around, and the guy's eyes just had gone huge and and my friend said like what and he said how is it that you speak my language and it wasn't um he was from uh, high in north and sub-saharan africa and it wasn't one of like swahili or one of the major african languages it was his dialect from his little region and so of course my friend said what was i saying And the guy said, you were just singing the praises of God. You were glorifying the name of the Father. Um, it was um, a powerful moment for those two men. So we can talk about corporate edification, personal edification, evangelism. Um, fourth one is intercession 
Um, now, with tongues, you will find this. Um, you can read Bible commentaries left, right, and center, and they will tell you different things. Okay. Read scripture. Ask the Holy Spirit to expose truth and expose lies. But Romans 8, 26 and 27 is one that is often used um, to talk about the power of praying in the Spirit. So Paul writes, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So I've, I've seen this in two ways. The first is that I've been in situations where um, I just I don't know what to pray. It might be a, a situation where someone's really struggling. Um, I just don't have the words to say. Um, and that's all I can do is pray in tongues. And that might, I might be with the person, I might not be with the person, but that's all I can do. Like I, I don't have anything in me. I might be traumatized by what's going on. I literally, I cannot produce the words to pray but the Spirit can. And that's a, that's a beautiful gift to know that the Spirit is interceding where I can't, and He's praying where I can't. But there, there have been other times where, um, you know, I'll go to pray uh, in my barn or, you know, go and worship or something, um, and if you, if, you don't, um, if you don't have the gift of tongues, then um, I'm trying to explain this as best I can. Uh, but with the gift of tongues, you always have control, Okay. You always know when, you always start it and you always stop it. Okay. Um, but there are times where it's, it's like the spirit is bubbling up inside you and the words are at your throat and they really, really want to come out. Uh, and that's, that's probably happened to me four times in, since I was 13. So whatever, 30 whatever years that is, a horrible number, okay? So it's, it's, it's not, it hasn't, hasn't happened to me often. But there's, there'll be times where I'll go and pray for someone and, and then I'll, I'll find myself weeping on the ground and praying in tongues. And I have absolutely no emotion in my normal state towards this person. It's like, I'm going to pray for them. But the Spirit has emotion to what is going on in this person's life. And it's like, I feel this, the, the father's yearning for his son or his daughter. And I have no idea what I'm praying, but I guarantee you as one thing, the Spirit knows exactly what needs to be prayed because he sees what's going on in that person's heart and in their lives. And his words are far more powerful than mine that I can just throw up there. And that power of intercession... And I've had testimonies from people who I've prayed for and I've, and I've called them later and I said, hey, how's it going? And they've said to me, you know, I was struggling and then this happened. And, and the time when I was interceding in the Spirit was always the time with, with the thing that they were struggling with broke. Something happened in the spiritual realm because the Spirit engaged with the issue. So man, if you want to get ready to, for a final song, I'm going to just do one more, one more, and I'll finish this up next week. Um, the final thing um, is that we pray in tongues for others directly. Okay, so if the, the last category was like intercession, praying over people from a distance, um, but there are times when I need to, when I'm praying for someone, um, and I can't, 
I can't point explicitly to a chapter in Scripture which says this, but I am always careful. So if I'm praying with someone and, and, I, and they may be unfamiliar with tongues, I will ask them, is it okay if I pray in tongues? And 99% of the time when I do that, I'm anticipating getting an interpretation. It's normally how the Lord operates with me. Um, and I'll often do this if I'm praying and I'm, and I'm just, and there's, a, there's like a barrier between, between what I'm praying and the person. That there's something in the way. Um, and, and it's almost like, it, we need, like we just need a little bit more spiritual power in this situation. And I'll ask permission. Um, and this, <laughs> you know, Scripture is our truth. Um, and sometimes we look for what the Holy Spirit is doing to know whether we are right or not. Um, and this, I experienced this for the first time when I was, um, when I was 17. Uh, praying for a friend of mine at school. Um, he was a new friend. He had been sent, he was from Nigeria. His parents had basically sent him right to South Africa, which is a long way away if you know what Africa looks like. Um, because he was on drugs and he was pretty broken. Um, and he was hard. And he got to a stage where he was desperate. Nothing was working. He didn't feel loved by his family. He, he, he was at, at his end. And a friend, of, a friend and I prayed with him. And we, and we prayed, 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 and we prayed. And he just sat there. And he just sat there, and he just sat there. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to pray in tongues. And at this stage, I had my first prayer language, which was a really embarrassing one. Um, and I really didn't want to. I'll share more about that next week. Um, but I did. And I didn't do it in confidence. I didn't do it in faith. I just did it with a bit of obedience that I had. And, and as soon as the words came out my mouth, and I, I've shared this story in part before, as soon as they came out my mouth, we're sitting in his dorm room. Um, you, you know, um, in Acts 4, it talks about a wind filling the room and shaking the room. The room didn't shake. But, but I don't know if it was physical or spiritual, but I, I felt this wind go past us, through the windows, through my friend, and out the door. And in that moment, he just changed. He started laughing his head off embarrassingly loudly and he laughed and he laughed and he laughed and he smiled and he said what just happened and an hour later he was still laughing and he was still it was like God was just pulling out all the pain pulling out all the pain and within two days his parents had taken him out of the school back to Nigeria. I, I don't know what happened to him, but I do know in that moment God met him and he, I, I don't think he'll ever be the same again. But I've seen the power of the Spirit meet people as I've prayed for them. And then Paul talks about being edifying for us. I've seen him edify others as his Spirit has moved through them and into them and blessed them. How are we doing? It's, just not, it's not too crazy, hey? Cool, I'll keep the crazy stories for next week. Um, just one or two, you know. We, um, there are one or two things I, I want to talk about, and I, I want to I talk a little bit more about the how, okay? Um, I was going to rush this and pack it, but it's just too much. 
But God is here, okay? You don't have to wait for me to give 10-minute talk on how. Okay, Matt's already shared a bit of it. Amanda is going to lead us in a final song. And actually, one of the ways, one of the most powerful ways and most common ways that I've seen people get the gift of tongues is during worship. Um, because it's a time when you already are making a noise and singing, and you don't have to be embarrassed because no one can hear what you're doing. And if, and, and if you sense the Holy Spirit moving, if you sense this kind of bubbling up inside you, if you sense like this strange word on your tongue, try speak it out. Okay, I'll share more about that next week. I know it makes little sense. But if you feel, just flow with what the Lord wants to do. Okay. And otherwise, we're just going to worship Him because He's worthy of our worship. Okay. And as I said last week, get excited about His gifts. You may have no interest in the gift of tongues, but you may be desperate for the gift of healing. So keep asking Him as we worship. Okay. Well, let's, let's worship our God together.